Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast, the UK's digital TV and technology show. At Frequency Cast, it's our mission to keep you up to date with today's tech, answer your questions, and keep you entertained along the way. Our shows are driven by your feedback. You decide what we talk about, and we'll do the rest. Here's what we'll be looking at today in show 105. A novel way to wake up socially, talking to the International Space Station, taking off with drones and high-altitude balloons, ways to get kids hooked onto tech, plus Radio 3 surround and hot water controllers. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast, now loading, news. Headlines for November 2014, starting off with good news for BBC fans using a UView box. An updated version of the BBC iPlayer interface is being rolled out, with extra categories and exclusive iPlayer content. UView can now be found in over a million connected homes. The BT and the Humax boxes will be getting the updates first, followed by UView boxes from TalkTalk. Staying with the BBC iPlayer, the seven-day catch-up service has now been extended to 30 days. Good news. Also some good news for BT TV customers, as it looks like Netflix will soon finally be available on BT UView boxes, with a likely cost of £5.99 a month. Next, fitness. Microsoft has just jumped into the wearable fitness tracker market with the Microsoft Band. This wristband includes a heart rate monitor, GPS tracker, ambient light sensor, skin temperature sensor, microphone and can measure galvanic skin response and sleep quality. Price $199 in the US, but no news yet on a UK price or release date. Our favourite fitness tracker, the Fitbit, has announced two new wearables, with their surge being labelled as a fitness super watch. Links on our show notes. Next, keen to cash in on a bit of the digital TV market, mobile phone company EE, formerly Orange and T-Mobile, is planning to launch a TV set-top box. It's expected to be free to home broadband customers, or £9.95 a month to mobile phone subscribers. Some digital radio news now. DAB has had a troubled history, and typically the costs of getting onto DAB, if you're a small-scale radio station, have been too high. The UK regulator Ofcom has announced plans for small-scale and community radio stations to try transmitting on DAB. Ofcom will provide the equipment and allow smaller stations to try DAB for nine months. Next, good old Google. Stats in from the search engine giant show that us Brits turn to Google for help with all sorts of things. The top 10 how-to topics for 2014 include how to knit, how to twerk, how to revise, and the top question, how to kiss. When it comes to kissing, you want to break it down into like, basically four parts. The preamble, just like the Constitution, the sort of like warm up of the kiss, the big delicious main course, and then sort of the afterglow. So now you know, thanks Google. Last month saw the launch of two searchable time capsules. The first features the ZX81, Walkman, Masters of the Universe and BASF video cassettes. Yes, you can now browse Argos catalogues, the laminated books of dreams, right the way back to 1973. 
Also, the BBC has launched Project Genome, which lets you browse the Radio Times right the way back to 1923, including listings from the Home and Light programmes as well as 2LO. This is 2LO, the London station of the British Broadcasting Company calling. Links to both archives on our show notes. And finally, news broke last month that a plane was delayed for hours as a result of a passenger browsing for a free Wi-Fi connection and finding a wireless network with the ID Al-Qaeda Free Terror Network, sparking a security alert. We found a great thread showing some very imaginative network names, including FBI Surveillance Van, Wi-Fi Art Thou Romeo, Why Believe I Can Fi, or my personal favourite, It Hurts When IP. Seen one better? Let us know. Thanks, Pete. For more TV and tech news, go to frequencycast.co.uk forward slash news or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Frequency Frequencycast 105. Hello, Kelly. You're looking bright-eyed and bushy-tailed today, if I may say so. You are definitely lying, but hello, Pete. <laughs> How are you? Very good. Now, did you have a good night's sleep last night? No. Do you ever have a good night's sleep? No. Do you dream of frequency cast? Oh, I definitely dream in lists. Every now and then, frequency cast does um, appear on that list. Okay, so when you're in your bed and it's time to get up, how do you wake up? What, what's your process? Well, I'm I'm a real snoozer, so I have a phone alarm that wakes me up half an hour before I really need to be up, and I snooze for about half an hour. I might have the perfect solution for you. A new smartphone app that will wake you up in style every morning. Okay. Have you heard of Wakey? No. Right. Imagine your alarm clock goes social media. So Facebook, Twitter and an alarm clock merge together. What do you think? That sounds like it could be incredibly damaging. This is a little service that you sign up to and you can get people from around the world to wake you up at your predetermined time. Oh, I think that's so harsh, but okay. Well, this is it. They want to be woken up. They want an alarm call at a certain time. You put your details up and the time you want to be woken and the app assigns a person to wake them up. It's brilliant. Let's give it a go. Okay, so we're basically acting as a hotel. Exactly. It is a hotel wake-up call. That's exactly what it is. But it's social media and they've twinned it with sort of a dating app. So the idea is you put in your gender and your age, and you'll be paired with people of the opposite gender and age. So you'll be woken up, possibly, by your ideal man. That's very odd. I don't think any ideal man of mine would want to hear me first thing in the morning. Let's give it a go. Okay, so the app is fired up on our Android phone here, and it says these are the people that are available to wake up six people. So, Kelly, do you want to give this a go? Not really. Right, well, you're going to get a free bit of time off from Frequency Cast. You can have a little nap in the corner. And what I'll do is I'll set an alarm for five minutes from now and uh, we'll see how you get woken up. This is so strange. Are you ready? Go on, have a little nap. Start kicking out the Zs. Go on, off you go. Okay. Oh, dear. Right, okay. So uh, let's see what happens in a couple of minutes from now. Go on, Kelly. Hit answer. Hello? Thank you for waking me up. I'm from the UK. I'm calling you from Mexico. Oh my god, amazing! Yeah. What time is it over there? Here is the uh, 12:15. Oh, nice. Is it sunny? PM. Yeah, 
There you go. Mexico has woken you up. How cool. Well, that is pretty cool, but also still very, very strange. That might be the man of your dreams calling you from Mexico. I doubt that very much. How cool. Come on, you've got to admit, that is clever. And also, you can ring and wake other people around the world anytime you like. It is still very strange, Pete, and very unreliable. Have you never had one of those mornings where you've had a really bad start to the morning and you've wanted to take it out on the world? Well, now you can wake somebody else up and make their day. No, that is so weird. I think it's brilliant, taking your frustrations out on a stranger. You can wake them up and go, Oi, wake up! I had two half an hour ago, you wake up! I think it's brilliant. And people are very creative about what they're doing. They're playing trombones at them and guitars. And Why would you want some random person to wake you up? Even in a hotel, I find it a bit strange. I'd rather set my phone alarm. It's apparently a very creative way of being woken up. Being jumped out of sleep by an alarm clock is very bad for your karma and your days, you know, all that stuff. So getting yourself woken up in a different and unique way where you maybe have to engage and chat with someone might encourage you to get up instead of hitting the old snooze button, Kelly. Right. I I reckon I'd still try and snooze the person on the other end of the line, to be honest, but okay. Well, if anyone wants to give it a go, the app is called Wakey. It's free. It's available for Android and Windows mobile phones. And iOS is coming soon. And uh, we'll uh, see if we can convince Kelly, perhaps to give one of our listeners a ring one morning. You never know. No, I reckon um, we should just get Pete signed up and we can all ring Pete in the morning and wake him up instead. Right, Kelly, what are those, those small things that run around people's houses? Cats? No, no, bigger than cats. Two legs. Humans? Yes, yeah. Little, little kiddie things, little, little children, yeah? Okay, yeah. We're going to talk about kids and technology. I'm pretty much convinced these days that our kids are growing up without a full understanding of how gadgets work. You know, these, these four-year-olds today, if they took a laptop to bits, they'd never put it back together. They don't know how these things work. You might be asking a bit much of a four-year-old, to be honest. I don't know how kids work, but you get the point, is that kids today aren't engaging with technology enough. They're not grasping it. They all use their smartphones and their tablets, don't get me wrong, and they're all you know hooked on games, consoles and everything else, but they don't understand, they don't make things like some of us used to when we were small. Do they need to, though? I mean, I don't make anything. Yeah, but you know how to. You played with Lego and Meccano and, and, and things, didn't you? How does Lego help build something that's like a tech product? It's creative. It's teaching you how things fit in and to build things and structures and densities. And uh, I'm talking to the wrong person here, aren't I? But kids today need to get a greater understanding of technology. And we spent a little bit of time in the county of Essex looking at a couple of different ways that uh, people are trying to engage their kids with technology, didn't we? Yes, we did indeed. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, surprisingly so, actually. Now, Kelly, what do you want to be when you grow up? Okay, so when I'm a lot older, well, retired, happy and living a life of luxury would be incredible. Okay, so your aim in life is to be an 80-year-old retiree, is it? Okay, that's a bit sad. Oh, no, I want to be a 50-year-old retiree. So you want to jump straight to 50 and retire? Nothing in the middle? You don't want an enjoyable career or profession or anything like that? already enjoying my career i can continue on that path then just retire at 50 what's wrong with that okay what did you want to be though what was your uh, ambition when you were a smaller person than you are now do you really want to know this i do i do 
This is so embarrassing. Go on. I can't believe it. Is it ballerina? No, but I never, ever think... Is it a nuclear physicist? (laughs) Definitely not. Okay, brace yourself. I really wanted to be in the river dance. What, Michael Flatley and the the legs? Yes, that is basically the reaction I got from my mother, I think, when I told her. It's so embarrassing. Are you still hoping that that might be an option? Yeah, a little bit of me is. This is the thing. It was like such an inbuilt thing. It, it had such an impact on me as a child that I just really, really wanted to carry it on. Because you do a little bit of, of choreographer for freeing now, don't you? So you still have the dance bug in you somewhere. Yes, I, I do choreograph. And I, and I started dancing when I was three. So I think that's always going to be with me a little bit. But um, yeah, I never quite reached the stage of the river dance, sadly. Well, one day... And if it happens, can I video it? Oh, God. Did you ever want to be an astronaut, though? No. No. Well, I think an astronaut is what all little boys want to be when they grow up. And this is where we had some fun. We spent some time with uh, a couple of schools that were doing contacts with the International Space Station. So there's six astronauts up there in a tin can above us at the moment. Say hello to them. Hello. They're avid listeners of Frequency Cast. And we spent some time helping out with a school's contact. They're fairly rare, but they do happen. And kids from Devon and Essex were able to speak to the International Space Station in October. Now, they were talking to US astronaut flight engineer Reed Wiseman, who's up there at the moment. The uplink and the downlink was actually in America. So it was a, a landline connection from the UK to America. And the uplink and downlink was handled by Tim Bosmer, who is a radio amateur from California. We are located uh, on the uh, campus of uh, Santa Rosa Junior College. Anyway, the station uh, is a uh, Kenwood TS-790. We have amplifiers for both the downlink, the receive signal, as well as the uplink so that we can hear the station, the space station clearly, and so also so they can hear us clearly. Right now, he's over the Gulf of Alaska, just south of the Aleutian Islands, so... Uh, let's a little early, but let's give it a try and see if we uh, if we can get going here. NA1SS, uh, NA1SS, NA1SS. This is W6SRJ, Santa Rosa, California, calling. NA1SS, NA1SS, NA1SS. This is W6SRJ calling. W6SRJ, I have you entirely too loud and clear. Yeah, good morning, and uh, we're ready with the first question from uh, Luke. Uh, Go ahead, Luke. I am Luke. What is the maximum number of people can live on the International Space Station? Over. Uh, Good morning, Luke. Right now, we have six people up here living, and a few months ago, we actually had nine, and I think the most they've ever had at one time was 13. But really, about six people is the max that you would want up here uh, in the current state of the space station. Over. The event was covered on BBC Local Radio. Here's their reporter, Felicity, talking to one of the students. Well, it's 20 past 11. The hookup with the International Space Station lasted around 11 minutes. In that time, lots of questions got asked. Let's meet some of the students who were lucky enough to talk to the astronauts. Hello, what's your name? I'm Alicia. Alicia, what did you ask them? Um, I asked them, if you weren't an astronaut, what, what would you have been? Well, I had, before I became an astronaut, I had the best job. I was a pilot in the United States Navy, and that was really a lot of fun. And so if I had become an astronaut, I would have just kept right on going with that job. Over. 
And, and how did you feel being able to speak to an astronaut? It was amazing. Like, I just couldn't believe I was doing it. It was one of, like, the best things I've ever done in my whole entire life. Amazing. And a lot of hard work. Now, that's got to be with you as a kid for the rest of your life. I'd say so. I mean, that's quite a, a monumentous thing to, to do. And very difficult to organise. Here's Dave Speechley from the South Essex Amateur Radio Society. He's one of the team that made the whole thing possible. Well, we've done quite a unique experiment. Uh, it's not often that it gets done in the UK. Today was two schools in the UK. Excellent. So how many kids did we have and uh, who were they talking to? They was talking to Reed Wiseman, the American astronaut. We had ten here who actually did ask 12 questions successfully. And how long has it taken to actually organise this contact start to finish? This particular one's been 20 months. Great fun and great for the kids as well. Now, Kelly, spare a thought for Paul Reed and his other five astronaut colleagues up there on the International Space Station. Did you see the news the other day about uh, rockets? No. Okay, bad news for NASA. In Virginia, the Antares rocket that was meant to be going up to refuel and resupply the space station blew up on the just after launching. So six seconds into the launch, the whole rocket exploded. That's all the supplies for the guys on the ISS and all the experiments. So uh, not good news. That isn't. Oh, let's hope they can rectify that quickly. They're going to have to do some serious repair into the launch pad, which got quite a lot of damage in the process. So, uh, yeah, they're getting no uh, new underpants for some significant time up there on the space station. So do send them your thoughts. Oh, I will. Let's hope they've got a 3D printer. They can uh, create their SpongeBob SquarePants version, you know. It might just come to it. If you're interested in hearing more from the ISS, we've got the full audio of the school's contact up on our website. And the address is... www.frequencycast.co.uk Hello, this is Simon Jones, a.k.a. Arthur Dent, voyaging through the galaxy, and you're listening to Frequency Cast. Right, Kelly, talking about these little small people that, that run around the place with the two legs. Yes. Were you ever at Brownie? Very briefly. You haven't still got the uniform, have you? No, I, d- I definitely don't think so. I, do you know what? I tried it so hard for a badge as well in the short time I was there, and I don't even think I got one for polishing. Yeah, well, that shows. Look at the state of the studio. Excuse me, that is down to you, mister. Can you see me in a little pinny doing the dusting in the studio? I think it would suit you quite well. Okay, so the reason we're talking about brownies is we spent some time with the Scouts and Cubs, helping out with some of their badges, their communication badge and a few other things, didn't we? We did indeed. Now, each year there's an event called Jamboree on the Air, where all the kids get together, they build electronics kits, they do circuit testing, uh, they send radio messages to each other, they try out Morse code, ciphers, all that kind of stuff. It was good fun, wasn't it? It was, actually, and it was more fun than I was expecting, I have to say. When you first told me about it, I was a bit, mm, about the whole thing. But when I got there, the atmosphere was so good, and I actually got to catch up with the event organiser, Mike Lynn. Today, we're setting up and now running a Jota event station for our um, Basildon District Scouts and Cubs. Jota is a, um, a worldwide event which involves scouts and cubs globally. So we've set up some radio stations here so they can talk to all the other uh, cubs and scouts and pass some greeting messages. Hello, my name is Ty and I'm 10 years old and I live in Bethlehem. Hello, my name is Jacob and I'm 8 years old. Hello, my name is Connor, I am 9 years old, I am in the Purple Six. 
Now, one of the highlights was seeing those high-altitude balloons go up. They're absolutely brilliant. They're helium-filled balloons. They've got a radio transmitter, a little GPS locator thing in them. Some of them have cameras, but these two didn't. And uh, they're great. The kids' faces seeing these balloons go up and then tracking them. Absolutely awesome. Oh, I know. It really was a picture. Two were launched, and I actually got to speak to Chris Stubbs about the first launch. So today we're at the Jamboree on the Air. It's a scout event. We've got almost 100 scouts here and they've been playing with radios and launching balloons. We've just launched a high-altitude balloon and it's made it uh, almost across to the Netherlands and has just landed in the sea, unfortunately. But the scouts are about to do a mass release of about 20 balloons with their name tags on, so they'll see where they get to. Well, even if it lands in the UK, I guess it's still good for them. Yeah, definitely. The objective is the um, if someone finds it, they'll reunite the, um, the name card with uh, the local scout group. So it should help form connections between scout groups across the country. Well, the second one got a little bit further. It got to uh, Malmo in Sweden, which is not bad for a little balloon. You know, it's not that much bigger than a standard home sort of party balloon. Filled with helium and a little transmitter, all powered by a 1.5 volt battery. And they are really good fun. Uh, you can track them as well. You can get these little dongles, 10 quid. They're called software-defined radios, and they pick up everything. Any frequency you want, they're absolutely awesome little devices. 10 quid, plug it into your laptop, and you can track these balloons when they're flying over you. And a website you need to check out for this is www.habhub.org. That's H-A-B-H-U-B.org. And you can see where these flights are. Some of them have gone around the world a few times, and they're quite often launched over a weekend. And it's brilliant, just tracking them and the altitude and and everything. Absolutely awesome. And if you want to find out more, the link is up on our show notes and the address, Kelly. www.frequencycast.co.uk Talking about getting up in the air and all these aerial hijinks, I got hands-on with a drone. Have you ever played with a drone? No. Now, we played with a parrot drone when we went to Gadget Show last year, but this is a serious drone. We're talking about £1,000 worth of serious hardcore drone tech. The Phantom Vision 2 Plus. Awesome little beastie it is. There's a picture of it here. We don't have one in the studio. Controlled from a little controller with an iPhone attached to it. And these things are about sort of as big as a laptop. They're quite big, they're quite heavy. Uh, but they take amazing pictures because they've got these uh, stabilisers in that mean the video is full HD smooth video. He hit the button and off it went. It shot off in a weird sort of direction, 1.5 kilometers away, and it was still beaming back HD video to the controller. Awesome, can we get one? Can we, please? It's nearly Christmas, please, can we, can we? Well, as long as you're paying for it, I don't mind. They are absolutely brilliant, and we're hoping that for the next show, we'll get uh, one of the guys to uh, bring us one of these that we can actually try, so we can really see what these things can do and put them through their paces. But they're brilliant. When it loses radio signal, it returns home. So this thing sort of went off, and it sort of just wandered back on its own and was hovering over the guy's head. Very, very good. Although you do have to be careful. I don't know if you've heard the news stories, but uh, people have been in trouble for flying these things where they shouldn't. So next time you're out sunbathing in the back garden and you see a little drone, it's not me, all right? <laughs> oh dear, would that actually be something I could prosecute you for? Only if you can catch my drone. Oh, okay, okay. Hello, I'm John from Channel 5's Gadget Show and you're listening to Frequency Cast. Well, that's all for this month's Focus. Lots covered there, isn't there, Kelly? Yes, indeed. If you've got something that you'd like us to cover in Focus or your company has a product you'd like us to review, please drop us a text. The number is... 07882... 043521 or you can get in touch via our website once again it's www.frequencycast.co.uk frequencycast
Interaction. Interaction time, and the first one is from Terry C. He got in touch about the requirements for a phone line when using Sky that we talked about in the last show. He said, In the October podcast, you said it was still a requirement to have a landline connected to new Skybox installations. We had a new installation a couple of months ago, and even though a phone line extension was located next to the box, the installer did not connect it. I have just found this to confirm the above. I work for a Sky ASA dealer. As already mentioned, the phone requirement for new multi-room installs was dropped on December 18th, 2013. The requirement for a single box was dropped long before then. The expectation is that it will eventually check via some kind of networking system, but it's not in place yet. Well, there we go, Terry. Thank you very much. We weren't aware of that. Our information was a little bit out of date, but we've now been put in our place. Thank you very much, Terry. Also in last month's show, we tried to help Peter McKenzie, who was having a problem getting Radio 3 proms in surround sound. He's come back to us and said that despite our best efforts, he's no further forward. Must say, I was very pleased with the audio on the TV proms, all in excellent Dolby Digital 5.1 on Freeview HD. Let me know if you have any ideas to let me listen to Radio 3 Surround. This year it was only on some proms and only on live broadcasts on Radio 3. Radio 3 has two internet streams, one Radio 3 HD in 320 kilobits per second, MP3, very good and used for all live concerts now. Wow, you struggled with 320 kilobits a second there, didn't you? There were so many numbers in that paragraph. (laughs) So many numbers. Well, well done. To be honest, I'm not sure I know the answer to this one. So if anyone's listening and has actually managed to get Radio 3 surround sound to work, please get in touch and we'll put you in touch with Peter. What's next, Kelly? This one's from Jim about the changes to the Gadget Show on Channel 5. He says, you were talking about the changes to the cast in the Gadget Show. I'm sure the new girl is very nice, but as a presenter she doesn't work for me. The changes made over the years have not been for the best, and when they dropped Susie and John, I stopped watching, but only started watching again when the lady from Countdown came on. Oh, (laughs) Oh, of course. And John came back too, but now I'm beginning to go off the show again. It could just be the show has had its day and is running out of steam and ideas now. Mmm, very possibly. Anyone got any thoughts on that? Who's still watching The Gadget Show? I don't know if you remember this, but Sky tried their own version of The Gadget Show called Gadget Geeks a few years ago, and we reported it here on FrequencyCast. It got canned after just 13 episodes. So, uh, yeah, maybe uh, everyone's moved away from TV, and they're now listening to uh, radio gadget shows like ours. Oh, well, we can only hope. Yeah, we launched back in 2006, and we're still here. We are indeed, and so is our regular listener, Darren Nay. He says, Now and again I seem to be getting a weak Wi-Fi signal in my living room and was wondering how I could improve this. My BT home hub is in my bedroom upstairs at the back of the house. We don't have that big a house. Well, the first thing to try, and the easiest thing to try, is to relocate the hub, ideally to the middle of the house, so it'll cover the entire house from one location. If not, the answer is to get a Wi-Fi extender. They're quite cheap, they're quite easy, and they're certainly not as much hassle as those pesky networking over mains power line adapter thingies. So give that a go, Darren. And finally for this month, Gareth Tucker asks, I'm looking for a smart thermostat for my conventional central heating system, but I see Nest does not control the hot water. 
what would you recommend to control water and heating? Yeah, Nest only does the heating element of it, not the water side of it. We've had a look around. There's a couple of options for you. One is called Hive. It's the British Gas Service, 199 quid with the installation, and that gives you a smartphone app that will control your hot water and your central heating. The other one, if you fancy doing it yourself, is something called Heat Miser. This is quite a nice little solution. It basically replaces the thermostat that you have somewhere in the house and you control the thermostat from your smartphone and it does do hot water as well as heating. And uh, links to both of those up on our website. Nice one. Thanks, Pete. Well, thank you very much for sending in your comments. Please keep them coming. Any questions you have or tech tips you'd like to pass on, this is how you can get in touch. You can call us and leave us a voicemail. The number is 0208 133 4567. Or you can text us on 07882 043 521. The cost of a standard text. And you might even wake Kelly up in the morning. You never know. Oh, no. Personally, I'd rather you send us an email via the Contact Us button on our site. We'll catch you on the next show. Ta-ra for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's Frequency Cast. For news updates and to get in touch with us, go to frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Frequency Cast. Our shows are driven by your feedback, so please get in touch and tell your friends. Frequency Cast. Shut down.